Hello and welcome back to the Relationship Matters podcast. We believe relationship matters, from humanity to nature to the larger whole. In this episode, I'm talking with CRR Global co-founder Faith Fuller and faculty member Janet Frude about viewing nature as an ally when we consider relationship systems intelligence. I'm delighted to be welcoming Faith back to the show and introducing Janet to the Relationship Matters listeners. After 20 years of what Janet calls her accidental career, she made a big leap and completely changed her own career path. In 2005, she founded Horizon Leadership and dedicated her work to supporting leaders and teams on their journeys. Janet's inspirational work focuses on the human and relational dimensions of organizational life, cultivating the talent and resourcefulness of individuals and teams as they move forward towards their goals together. In this episode, Faith and Janet explore the power of seeing nature as an ally. This isn't just about considering our relationship with nature, but also thinking about how nature is a part of us and looking at what nature can teach us. Across the episode, we cover a variety of colorful topics, including nature's ability to shift our perspective, the healing power of nature, and nature's insight into relationship challenges. To quote Wallace J. Nichols, author of Blue Mind, nature is the number one source of awe and wonder that expands our empathy and compassion. By experiencing awe and wonder, it takes us out of ourselves, makes us rethink our worldview, and opens our hearts and minds to other places. So without further ado, I bring you Faith Fuller and Janet Frude. Join them in this special episode as they take pause with purpose and find their way back home to self and nature. Well, Faith, Janet, it's an absolute delight to have you both on the show today talking about nature and Orsk. And I guess that's where I want to start. Why nature and relationship systems intelligence? Well, it's time is the short uh, answer to that. Also, uh, Janet and I feel that um, we are not in touch with what is actually a gigantic resource to all peoples, particularly coaches, a resource of allyship, imagination, possibilities that can be tapped if we reconnect with nature as um, a restorative way of working with our clients and with ourselves. So it's an opportunity to really enrich our practice by helping bring nature in to be our ally in that work. So that's one reason. And I would add that when you think about relationship systems, nature is the ultimate relationship system. You know, if you want to think about co-creation and, you know, the different roles that play out in the natural environment, the way the beings interact and support each other and, you know, and how they can have destructive forces as well. So it really is this powerful living metaphor that's right in front of us. So, you know, when we think about relationship systems and helping connect people to what is a relationship system, you know, sometimes the mirror of nature is such a beautiful teacher for us. And we wanted to try and link that a little bit bit more to the the relationship systems intelligence work. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, that resource is rich and generous. When I say that resource, I mean nature. And we could collaborate with it. And it will inform us on how to work. I mean, Janet, you do work with teams mm-hmm. doing nature work. You know, actually, 
Can I tap you to say just a few words about how you actually use it with your teams? Yeah. So there's some, uh, one team I worked with, we were not able to be outside, but I did want to bring something in because they were going through a myth change and I wanted to help do something that would be a really beautiful ceremony and helping them create something from nature. And I brought in a bag of driftwood and just laid them all out. And I asked them all to go and pick up a piece of driftwood that for some reason called to them. And we stood in a circle and I asked them that, you know, to then start saying why that piece of wood and what it represented for them about how they were feeling about the team. And they spoke And then they placed their wood and then it ended up being a co-creation of a sculpture. So individual pieces of driftwood, but then they created together a sculpture that reflected their team. And I had them walk around it and look at it from different angles and, you know, really to invite them to really observe and notice. And we did a circle of just saying, you know, what is it you notice? And really, it was an emotional field piece because it got very essency very quickly. And so that was sort of a primer for them to find their way into connection, acknowledging the difference and change and within a natural element. And honestly, what I can say is the minute people put their hands on a stone or a piece of wood or moss, like that tactile connection, something about who they are emerges and the way they engage and see the system it's sort of magic the way it unfolds. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just me. And the way when I go, say, to a forest or, you know, I'm away somewhere in the woods, I feel so much calmer. And I do think nature has this deeper healing quality, perhaps. But as you're mentioning there, it's maybe accessing a a different kind of intelligence, would you say? Well, I think it's accessing the nature that is in us. We are nature. We are nature. We know nature and we may feel disconnected from nature. But if we really work and walk in the world with, if I am nature and nature is me, there's a relationship and there's an opening to something that is in us. And so, yes, you walk in the forest and you have this moment. There's this visceral connection. You feel something, but I think we can call on it any moment just through it, you know, as we visualize it or imagine it. And it's really powerful when you go, go into those places to connect with that part of ourselves. You know, I, w- I was thinking, Janet, um, I think a lot of people think I can't possibly work with nature with my clients because I'm not in the forest, you know. And I know there's a little personal ecosystem thing that we can sometimes do with people. And I'm wondering whether you would be willing just to take a few minutes to help us all connect uh, with nature as being inside us, not outside us. Yeah. So this is an example that I just did with a team and it was a check-in question. So we're going to practice it here. And so the question is thinking about our own ecosystem that is in us. And if you tap into that and notice, you know, what are you feeling, rumbling with, noticing, there may be some dreaming, but just that ecosystem of self, what are you noticing is present today? And I'll invite, you know, Faith, do you want to lead us off? Yes. What I'm noticing today is um, a little ball of excitement mm. sort of in my solar plexus area 
it's just ex it's excitement about the topic. So there's a sort of a frisson of energy, you know, a little sun in my solar plexus that is radiating out a little bit. That's what I'm most aware of right now. And I feel light and excited. Mm. That's gorgeous. Thank you. Katie, what's in your ecosystem today? As soon as you said the word ecosystem, I saw the image of sort of an overgrown garden and it feels a bit <laughs> packed with stuff. You know, there's almost not enough land for all of the, the thoughts and the ideas going on today. So it felt like one of those really messy overgrown gardens in your neighbourhood that you get annoyed at when you see sort of the, the tree going over the fence. <laughs> That's my, my ecosystem today. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm connecting with the, the ecosystem, there's something about a lot of spaciousness that I'm feeling today. And just sort of like that, you know, almost like a bird flying and, and you know, that aerial view and swooping. And so there's that joyful energy, but there's something about spaciousness, which today I'm just delighting in because it hasn't felt like that. I would not have said that yesterday, to be honest. So our question for you out there who might be listening is what is in your ecosystem today? If you imagined that's what you are is a part of nature and in your ecosystem what do you feel do you sense uh, what's trying to get your attention it can be done in an instant it's a little bit like reading the emotional field <laughs> i think there is one thing i just want to add about this because i'm feeling it more and more when we're disconnected from nature and we learned how disconnected we were during the pandemic in some ways when we couldn't go out much and nature began to explore out into the cities and fields and places it hadn't been for years. And also some of us got our butts out there to walk because it was the only thing we could do <laughs> is walk. <laughs> so we, we, you know, we began to reconnect. But something that I feel strongly is that not being in touch with nature as a personal relationship with nature is a kind of terrible poverty. When we're human-centric, and it's all about us and uh, what Ben Page, one of our teachers, talks about spiritual narcissism, we are cut off from the creatures around us that have things to offer in their own wealth of experience and wisdom. And so it's like cutting ourselves off from a generative bank of energy, wisdom, possibility. So there's a terrible poverty to being cut off. Um, that we experience in our body, in our, in our mind, in our soul, um, and that our clients feel as well. And I want to reconnect us with that generative possibility inherent in nature because it's part of us and we have cut ourselves off many of I guess coming to this conversation to be completely transparent, I thought it was going to be more so about our relationship with nature as opposed to how we understand ourselves in nature. And I guess for someone who's never thought about it like that before, how does one start thinking about themselves as a part of nature? That is actually a really important element is if you don't spend time in nature, you may not have much relationship with it. And so I think that it is around time and exposure and starting to consider, you know, when we are in the presence of nature, even, you know, today I'm looking at my window and I can see the trees and the movement, you know, so starting to say it's not, oh, there's a tree moving, it's more what's in the movement, where is movement in my 
my soul, my space, my life, you know, so you can use it as a way of a bit of a mirror to, to learn. But I think it's just noticing and being aware, but then it's not just othering it, it's over there. It's how does this live in me? So I think the most simple way, Katie, I can say is let nature be a mirror for who you are and who you be. Ask nature for its wisdom. If you are feeling a sense of uncertainty or confusion, just to pause long enough to say, you know, my ego has to come up with the answer. Instead, it's like, and what is available here to inform me that, and when I see it, it is actually part of who I am. So I think it's it's the way we think of it. It's we tend to other nature. Nature's over there. We humans are here. And yet, if you think about it from a DNA perspective, we have all come through millennials of, you know, a connection with land and nature and interacting and collaborating with it until we got to this industrialized way of living where we now see nature and is a resource that we dominate and use. So I think that there's structures in the world today that cause us to have that disconnection. But when you acknowledge it and lay it down, then you go back to, well, nature is me and, and you know, and I am nature. I love that, Janet. And um, I just want to layer in another little piece around that, which is somehow, how did this happen? I think it is the, in, the industrial age. Somehow, as you mentioned, uh, there's me and then there's nature over there. But it's ridiculous. First of all, you have pounds and pounds of microbiota that are digesting your food and, you know, saving you from illnesses and, you know, bacteria that are sharing with you. But even more in a more primitive way, there isn't a single part of our body that didn't uh, come into the world from the, literally the dust of stars. All the carbon, everything that isn't either, you know, hydrogen or helium came from the, the death of a star, from the explosion of a star. We are literally not, this is not a metaphor. Everything within us is made up of stardust. Now, it just doesn't get more nature-based than that. <laughs> And somehow we're, we're separate. So remember that. Remember that, that when you look out at the sky, you're made of that, those stars. You are made of the earth. Mm. We are inherently, naturally of the earth. We just forget sometimes. 75% of our being is water. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember reading a book called The Reality Bubble. It's a fantastic book about parts of science and nature that we often just miss. And I remember reading about how we actually have this small spider, like, well, they're all over our yes. face. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I, <laughs> I scrub my face and it's still there. Also, you know, I love your response, Katie, because I remember feeling like, ew, you know, I have uh, mites, you know, we have mites, you know, <laughs> on our faces and so on. And the first reaction is like, ew, when we are disconnected from nature, then there's a there's a way in which we, we want to distance from it, I think. And it leads to a, a situation of human-centric behavior where nothing much matters in the world if we extinguish the life of a spider, no problem, you know, that, that we can't have them in the house after all. And if we extinguish the species, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's sad, but, um, you know, but there is a way in which when we recognize interdependence, I am made of these beings. When we look out at the trees and know that they're sharing their roots, they're living examples of interdependence, ecosystems rely on all kinds of things. 
So I think when we be begin to connect, we begin to feel present in our world in a different way. We are part of that world and we don't feel so lonely as human beings. You know, one of the things that I, I love doing, again, bringing it into how do we link it to ORSC work and relationship systems and sometimes, you know, working with teams and organizations, I'll use nature-based inquiries. And so, you know, to say, if you are a season, what is the season of your team or your organization? And they don't always answer the same question. And there's wisdom. It's use the metaphor of the season to describe what you're noticing. Mm. You know, so it's like somebody might say, we are dormant, we're in winter, and this is what's generating. And other might, people might say, well, that's really interesting, because I'm already in the dry, hot depths of summer and feeling lazy and that we're kind of like we're just coasting right now. So, and I think it's such a powerful metaphor because people do have that ability to connect and find a way to bring language to something that may in fact be harder to say. So I just wanted to weave that in as well, because it's very interesting, you know, to, to see how people can use it as a channel for revealing their own system that they are part of. And I'm curious, yeah, do you have any other questions, Katie, at this, you know, because yeah. as you said, it's unexpected where we've gone. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm wondering as well, the impact of nature on one's sense of self in the world. Just in this conversation, I'm aware of my, my problems feeling quite a lot smaller. <laughs> and I'm just wondering what the, the effect is perhaps on, on some of your clients and the teams you work with when they, they do feel that that sense of perspective, perhaps through nature? Well, I can talk, I, I do some individual coaching, and I take people to nature, and we use nature as a literal backdrop for whatever the coaching agenda is, and how they can look at it. If you want to talk about perspective taking, it's rich. Because sometimes it's like, what's the issue? What's the concern? And then say, look around you, just notice something that is in this space that you're drawn to and go and, you know, so you might move towards a tree or a rock or the water. And it's like, so as we are here, what is available to you from, let's say, water related to your issue, you know, and I often give people quite a bit of time and space and silence so that they can really connect because they drop into a different part of themselves and to say, so what is, what is water telling you? What is available? And so again, you know, we might say, well, let's go take a different perspective. Let's go over here. What else calls your attention? So it's always about let the client find their way to what it is instead of, you know, go, I will prescribe for you now go have rock therapy. You know, it's like, no, it's like, <laughs> but they were like, oh, and it's like, and what's available here? So again, it's teaching people, it's, you know, I, I love doing it because it's opening people to say, you can do this every time, but it's opening the door so that they can have access and find their way. But it is perspective work in a really simplistic way mm. um, so that they find a new way of seeing it, a new solution, new insight about themselves or the issue. And then they are always lifted, you know, energetically. It also gets them so out of their head, right? They're walking on the land, the earth. Really different way of engaging in whatever your coaching topic is. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I think in the simplest inquiry around that is just to say, Imagine that everything you encounter that attracts your attention has is, is in relationship with you and has something to share. It may share about itself or it may share about you. It's a relationship. And just a simple statement like that can open it up. And, and nature is inherently generous. Yes. It's always there in service, you know, and I think that's the thing too, where it's like, oh, to be held in that generosity 
beautifully grounding. Yes. Yeah. And I think when you were talking just then, I was sort of aware of the the awe that can come from sort of the everyday ordinary stuff. I remember from that same book, The Reality Bubble, reading about how water's ancient, like water's been here for so long, just recycled. And I just couldn't quite believe it that like, I'm probably drinking some water that's probably at one point at the top of Everest. And we miss all that, right? Because our lives get busy and we we lose the extraordinary and the ordinary. I love that, Katie. Every breath we take has been breathed through the tree, a tree has been breathed through some green being, just as it's busy breathing in our carbon dioxide, you know, so this exchange, every single second of your life, you are breathing in that nature and it is breathing you in. Yeah, I think that really does make the ordinary feel quite spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) It shows you don't need Netflix to have fun, just a glass of water. (laughs) And an imagination. <laughs> and looking, looking oh. out a window. It's like, what do I see? Exactly. <laughs> oh, we live wild lives. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a final question would be from someone like myself who lives in a city. What would you offer there as advice to, to connect more with nature? Because it's not so actively around and accessible in a city. So simply, you know, just even going outside. Okay. Um, the minute you are outside, you are, you are with natural elements, you know, the sky, feeling breeze, you know, noticing senses. I think it's a sensory experience. Even if you have pots of flowers in your house or on a balcony, just go and, and you know, micro, you know, engage with them. The other thing, if you have access to parks, the key is go to the park, but slow down. Slow down. (laughs) Walk very slowly or just go and sit. Um, The practice of a sit spot, you know, just being outside, you know, looking at some element of nature and sit for an extended period of time. I think a lot of people associate, you know, going to nature is going hiking and I have to climb a mountain and I've got all the gear and I'm walking really fast and how many steps am I getting? And what I, what I always try to say is like, if you want to tune into nature, nature works slow time. Mm. If you don't slow down, you will not access what she is offering, but you can find it everywhere, even in, you know, in a city. And so, and it's even how you tune your ear it's like pay attention to the nature sounds, not just the car traffic honking, but listen. And the more you do it, you'll start to hear those, those layers of sounds will come to you. Yes. And the, the final piece of magic is, is you can connect with nature in your mind. We all have mm. lots of memories of places we love in nature. And we know from Orsk that you can access your channels inside the head or outside the channels of your senses. So it's also possible to connect with nature by connecting with it in your own imagination. So Faith, you've got an exercise, haven't you, to help us access this inner nature, particularly useful if you're living in a city and it's raining and you can't get outside. I quite like the idea of connecting with my internal paradise on days like that. Absolutely. So Katie, is it okay if we use you as a model for this exercise? Mm-hmm. Ready, Katie? Okay, great. I think so. (laughs) Okay, good. Well, this exercise is really a a simple guided imagery exercise, and it's helping us to open up to the concept of nature as an ally. 
So we're going to start with thinking of a disturbance or a difficulty in your life, Katie. You don't have to say exactly what it is, maybe just a word or two. And you don't have to pick the biggest, scariest disturbance of your life. You know, it's it's a rumble, it's a difficulty. And just for give me a few words about what that might be. Someone I collaborate with and we're on slightly different pages right now. Feels like we're struggling to align in different ways. There's a real heartfelt, deep connection there as well. So there's a, a longing to really, you know, maintain the relationship. Thank you. So now we're going to take that relationship and put it aside. And we're going to do something different. And that's that I'd like you to think of a place in nature that is important to you. A place maybe you've been that you've loved. Could be your own backyard, could be the woods or mountains or beach. Wherever feels safe and restorative to you personally. And when you have a place, just say, okay. Okay. Great. So Katie, first just let yourself be there fully in your imagination in that place. And once you're there, what do you notice around you in that nature spot? Mm, the vastness of nature. Right. Um, the mountains are just so big and wild. And there is a sense of feeling really small, but also so do my problems. You know, it's like a, a real perspective shift. Got it. But you're off to a great start. And first notice, what do you see around you? Visual channel, what do you see? Take your time. I see lots of snow. And then the pine trees like poking up. Some of them are covered in snow, but eventually they poke up higher up the mountain. Got it. And what do you hear, if anything? sound of a light breeze mm. maybe a few birds mm. what are you standing on and what is the temperature I'm standing on skis the temperature is cold but not too cold because I'm a fair weather skier <laughs> <laughs> so breathe deeply for a moment what do you notice about the air Oh, it's so fresh. Mm. It's like I've never breathed like this before. Mm. Mm. So take a minute to just relax deeply into this place. It's your place. Enjoy it for a minute or two. And we'll be quiet as you enjoy it. And now let's open up to the possibility that this place has its own wisdom and it could be an ally to you. 
So we're going to bring back that disturbance with a collaborator that is that you have a deep relationship with. But you're not quite aligned, you said. We asked you to think of that disturbance at the beginning of the exercise, and now you're going to bring it to this place of nature with you. Just tuck it in with you in that spot. Nothing to do just yet. And continue to fully experience this nature spot and see what you notice. I want you to imagine that this spot maybe has something to offer you about that disturbance. It could be the mountains, the trees, the breeze. Take your time. There may be more than one message. So we'll be quiet, Katie, for maybe two minutes while you check in with parts of your nature spot and maybe what they might have to offer you around that disturbance. So take a few minutes in quiet. So let me check in with you, Katie. Would you like a little more time or have you gotten some information? I've gotten some information. Great. So tell us a little bit about what uh, nature offered you in your spot about this issue. Yeah, there are a few pieces of wisdom. The breeze sort of gave me a sense of just slightly letting go almost like my fists were clenched and just sort of releasing slightly mm. that deep long inhalation exhalation not holding on so tightly perhaps with the ego and then there was a sense around sort of the snow and and the environment in general being quite dangerous and hostile and yet so beautiful at the same time and sort of being able to honor that it can be both you know, maybe something incredibly creative and unexpected can come out of something quite challenging. And then I, for some reason, <laughs> this idea that actually a lot of fairy tales are set in sort of snowy, mountainous backdrops came up. And I was just wondering sort of, maybe it is the start of something different and new. And it's just reimagining it perhaps in a different way or allowing it to emerge in its own way. Ah, so it sounds like there is almost a, an invitation to what would that fairy story be 
We won't do that right now, but there's a direct invitation saying, hmm, if this was a fairy tale, what would happen next? <laughs> yeah. I was genuinely sort of taken away in that meditation. It was really strong. I am... Um, I think I mentioned to both of you, I came into this call a little bit flustered, one could say, about my many multiple cloud issues. <laughs> the I'm talking about the virtual clouds, not the, the literal <laughs> clouds, given we're talking about nature. I feel in a completely different state now. And I could see it and I could feel the environment of that mountaintop. It's very powerful. Great. And I, I just want to point out that we're all sitting in our offices right now. We're not out in, in, at the top of a mountain, um, but it's right there for you. You were effortless with it. Um, thank you for being a great model. Yeah, and and I'll just say that again, the witnessing of of this, the the space that got created, and how restorative you know again the the restorative power that lives in 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 nature is remembering of what is possible in our own lives when we access. So yeah, just so you know, again, why these, these exercises, they're simple connection exercises and yet profound in terms of where we can go with them. Hmm. You may also want to think, Katie, uh, about whether there is an action step or a memory or something that as a result of your experience you want to take with you today. I think it's coming back to that good old Orsk phrase, who knows what's good or what's bad. <laughs> And sort of holding the binaries of nature because I guess nature is awesome and it's jaw-dropping and it's sometimes terrifying and very hostile and dangerous and it's it's both. Yes. And can we hold both in our relationships with ourselves and our partners and our colleagues and our friends? Beautifully said. Thank you. Thank you. That was, yeah. <laughs> I felt like I, I can almost feel the breath now in a different place <laughs> sitting differently in my body so um i need to get back to my mountaintop i think more regularly <laughs> great oh that's awesome well katie thank you for creating space for us to share as we literally are experimenting and playing and you know and the more we talk about it it's almost the more real it gets too so very helpful for us actually yeah yes thank you both take care thanks everybody bye Thanks to Faith and Janet for that fascinating discussion around seeing nature as an ally. My key takeaways are as follows. Nature is the ultimate teacher for slowing down and being aware in a different way. Tuning into different sensory channels when in nature or even when imagining a nature place in your mind's eye can help to shift your perspective. What might you notice or see differently when you expand your sensory awareness? We tend to other nature. We think of nature as over there and we humans are over here. And this thinking tends to disconnect us further from nature. However, nature is inherently in us too. 70% of our being is water. So let nature be a mirror for who you are and who you be. Nature can be a powerful metaphor for relationship inquiries. Couples and teams can use nature as a language for revealing their own systems and perhaps say things that are harder to say. For example, if you're a season, what is the season of your team or organization right now? If you find yourself being called to the idea of pausing with purpose and reconnecting with nature, 
then check out Faith and Janet's Nature Connections Retreat Series, currently being held in North America. The virtual retreats offer space to explore how nature can be a support and ally in a volatile world. For more information, do check out sierraglobalusa.com forward slash nature. For over 18 years, CRR Global has accompanied leaders, teams and practitioners on their journey to build stronger relationships by focusing on the relationship itself, not only the individuals occupying it. This leads to a community of change makers around the world. Supported by a global network of faculty and partners, we connect, inspire and equip change agents to shift systems one relationship at a time. We believe relationship matters, from humanity to nature to the larger whole.